Good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Film Focus, episode 119, Godzilla vs. Kong. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East, and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I am your host, Fiberson55, and I'm glad you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And today, of course, we're going to be talking about Godzilla vs. Kong. Now, I plan to have this review out a lot sooner, but since I had to wait for my mum and sister to watch it with me, I had to push the uh, review back a few days. But yeah, I've seen it, and I have thoughts. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to try and be as swift as possible because as much as I have to say about this film, it's not that much at the same time, which will probably become apparent as I do the review. But before I get into that, I'm just going to give you some basic history of my experience of the MonsterVerse. So far with these Western interpretations of the classic kaiju-based films, I would say... Godzilla 2014, I know a lot of people crap on that film just because the human characters weren't that interesting, there wasn't enough monsters and they kept hiding the monsters and blah 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 blah, but I still found the film pretty entertaining, it's very intense, very badass, great music, great visuals, and the fact that they emulated the tone and sort of feeling of fear and chaos that Godzilla brings in the 1954 film, it was really solid. And then you had Kong Skull Island, which... I admit it was fine, but I didn't really love it just because I found the monster designs unique but not overly memorable, and I thought the action in the film was, you know, okay. The cast was pretty solid, but none of them I really super gravitated towards besides John C. Riley, who was great. And then with Godzilla King of the Monsters, the interesting thing is the film definitely rectified a lot of issues that the 2014 film had in terms of having a lot more classic monsters in there, more fighting and having a more distinctive like color scheme but at the same time I feel like it doubled down on some of the more weird and dumb sort of sci-fi kaiju story elements that just don't work but for some reason in the western interpretations they make it worse than how it comes across in you know the Japanese films and yeah some of that film was a bit cringe for me so yeah Initially, I enjoyed it, but then after a while, I started to think about it. I'm like, I don't really like this as much. And with Godzilla vs. Kong being like on the horizon, my interest in that film just sort of dropped into the depths of the ocean. And then the trailer came out, and I was just like, uh, yeah, it looks kind of cool to see these guys squaring off, but I didn't feel that same level of hype. It's not like, you know, certain squaring off that I was, you know, interested in, like with Batman vs. Superman or seeing Cap versus Iron Man, or even Freddy versus Jason to a degree. There was just not as much hype there for me. But I was like, you know what, I'll watch the film. Maybe there will be, you know, something fun to, you know, see. So after having seen the film on the weekend, I'm finally ready to share my thoughts. So as per usual, I'll be sharing my review in the story, characters, presentation, departments, and then the overall conclusion. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump in. 
Okay, so the plot for this film can be summed up as the following. So some time has passed since the end of King of the Monsters and there seems to be at least some form of peace on the planet. However, out of nowhere, Godzilla decides to rise back from the ocean and start messing the planet up again. He attacks one city and that makes the humans worried. So then they decide, you know what, we're gonna fight fire with fire. Go back to Skull Island, go find that Kong guy, bring him over and then have him fight Godzilla. And that's pretty much the basic summary of the film without going into the area spoilers. So yeah, I mean, Godzilla comes back after, I don't know, just chilling, sleeping or doing whatever he does and decides to become the antagonist. And so that puts Kong in the position of the hero of the film who for the longest time has just been chilling, doing whatever he wanted. But then, you know, the humans are like, yo, Kong, we need your help but we're not actually going to recruit you. We're just gonna take you from your home and then tell you go fight Big Lizard Man over there. And what follows is a plot that is simple yet needlessly complicated. The strange thing is I enjoyed myself when the action was going on, but the plot itself left a lot to be desired. I feel like this film takes a few elements from all of the previous MonsterVerse films, whether you talk about Godzilla 2014, Skull Island, and King of the Monsters, and then sort of mixes it into this hodgepodge kind of thing, where it's a sort of action, crazy, worldwide adventure, but it's also very self-contained at the same time. I feel like this film is a little less cheesy than King of the Monsters, which I appreciated, but at the same time, it's attempts at humor um, you know, fluctuate between being, you know, okay, kind of funny to being, why is this in here? I feel like this film has a little bit more of the intense slash scary-ish factor that the 2014 Godzilla film had, but just not in that same kind of way. This is still just, you know, at the end of the day, big monsters fighting each other, and that's where the film shines but the actual plot itself how they got these guys together i wasn't overly keen on and with this film it sort of retcons the previous two by introducing a whole load of additional mythology and certain aspects that go on with kong and godzilla where it's just like I had no clue this was going on beforehand. And while I'm not against the idea of adding mythology to characters after their own established material, it can be done pretty well. I feel like this was just a little out of nowhere. You're being introduced to certain things that really don't feel like they had even a hint of existence in the previous films. And there's a lot of it where you're questioning like, how does this work exactly? Why is this here? How have you gotten here? Why is this happening? And as the film went on, I found the solution just to shut my brain off and just not question anything. Because yes, at the, in the grand scheme of things, you know, this is not a thinking man's film. This is literally just an action film with two giant monsters fighting each other. So obviously you shouldn't be looking for a plot that's, you know, coherent, but at the same time, this film likes to throw a whole lot of science mumbo jumbo and talk to you about all these various things, whether it be about the monsters, the characters, the humans, and certain bits in between, and is establishing rules. And if you're going to tell me all these things, you're gonna have to make these things make sense. And some of its own rules just don't make sense. And 
you have a lot more questions than answers in a lot of cases and while I know there's a lot of people that will just be like oh yeah man just don't think about it too much or I can explain away all of your like little questions you're an idiot I'm sorry but yeah it just doesn't work for me there's just certain things where this film I feel is trying to go the route of the original kaiju films that do tend to have pretty crazy plots in them but in a lot of those cases they find a way to make it work it's a little bit more campy in a lot of those cases but there is a balance and I don't think the western filmmakers have found that way to do it annoyingly I feel like Godzilla vs Kong runs into the same issue that the Dragon Ball franchise has where there is so much to it but at the end of the day a lot of people just remember the chaotic fight sequences and that's about it and with Godzilla vs Kong people who want to see like you know just the action stuff they will be satisfied and will forgive any of the plot elements that involve humans and other mythology stuff that doesn't make sense but I feel like there is a balance for these films that could take the substance of the characters and plot elements especially from the early Godzilla films and incorporate that alongside the action sequences that's big full of spectacle and fun but whether the filmmakers will actually put in the effort to make those stories count with a script that's you know logical fun yet coherent I don't know but yeah that's a long-winded way of me saying the plot was pretty much meh to forgettable all right now it's time to talk about the characters and to be honest they were all pretty dead there wasn't really much going on with these guys and I found them mostly boring for the most part. I would say my favorite of the human characters was probably Brian Tyree Henry just because I like him as an actor but yeah as Bernie Hayes he's this weird sort of conspiracy theorist man running around um, you know trying to be sneaky and find out what's going on with this uh, company Apex Cybernetics and while some of his uh, you know mannerisms could get a little annoying on occasions he's one of the few people that has a certain level of charisma charm and you know he's quite funny on occasions and this is like a sort of different role for uh, Henry because like while he's done humor I do, I've never seen him this like energetic and charismatic but I did enjoy his scenes with um, Millie Bobby Brown and that dude from Deadpool and Hunt for the Wilder People but yeah no I definitely had fun with him he was probably my favorite person in the film there's certain people that just didn't need to be here Lance Reddick shows up and he's there for barely a second it's almost like a blink and you'll miss him I'm just like why did you put him in here it's so pointless then you have Kyle Chandler who returns from Godzilla King of the Monsters but his role was significantly reduced and again he had no reason to be here and that almost extends to his daughter who's played by Millie Bobby Brown. Seeing the return of Madison Russell, she's fine in the film, but again, you could take her out of this film and it would make no difference. The main new players in this film are played by Alexander Skarsgård and Rebecca Hall, who are like the lead two doctors who are involved with getting Kong from point A to point B and discovering all these extra new elements about like Earth and you know the mythology behind these characters and they were both fine I guess but there really wasn't much for these characters to do so I found them just you know very meh and poor Sean Oguri as Ren Surizawa this poor boy was in this film 
and he had he served a purpose i guess to a degree but the way in which they treated him here i was just like wow considering who you are you were completely wasted and i was very angry <laughs> when i found out who he was and damien bashir as walter simmons he's like you know your basic man villain dude you can see exactly what's happening with him a mile away and how things end up it's tragically basic yeah that's just the way i can you know characterize everybody in this film tragically basic so let's move on to the real meat and potatoes of this film the whole reason you actually want to watch it the presentation and i will say the presentation in this film is pretty damn good one of the things I appreciated about this monster film, as opposed to the previous ones, is how much daylight we actually get to see these monsters fighting in. Because with each new entry, I felt like they decided to change the time of day and have a little bit more daylight for certain sequences. But this is the clearest these monsters have been. And you can see so much detail, especially in Kong's fur or the sort of brittle, hard detail on Godzilla's skin there's a lot of really good close-ups of these characters faces so you can see them sort of emoting breathing snarling roaring so on and so forth but yeah the CGI is pretty good for the most part there's a good sense of weight to the action and the actual fights themselves are very unique have some really cool dynamic angles on a few occasions and certain good perspectives the color scheme is very rich and vivid. It feels like a mixture between King of the Monsters and Kong Skull Island. So I appreciated that. And yeah, man, it just looked really nice. Some of these action sequences are pretty good and nicely choreographed. There's a good crunch and heft to the punches. And man, it's really good just to see my dudes duking it out. Now, I don't know if I told you this beforehand, but Kong has never really been one of my favorite dudes. The best thing that happened to King Kong in the whole of pop culture is that he spawned Donkey Kong, who I think is a much better monkey in every way, shape, and form. But I never found King Kong to be that interesting, save for the Peter Jackson version, just because he fought two T-Rexes and he snapped that one jaw, which was bloody brilliant. But yeah, I mean, compared to Godzilla, who's a fire-breathing dinosaur dude with dorsal fins and atomic breath, come on, man, like there's no competition. But it was cool that both of these guys got to throw down and, you know, you got to see why both of them were apex predators at the top of their game. But yeah, I mean, there is some BS towards the end of the film in terms of the way in which the fight is resolved. I'm just like, I don't agree with that. But I mean, at least it looked pretty. So that's always a good thing. But then you have the film score as well, which was done by Junkie XL. So going from... Alexandre Desplat to Bear McCreary to now Junkie XL. You have three different shades of music in the Monsterverse. Oh yeah, Crumbs, I forgot about the one in Kong Skull Island, but I didn't find that one that memorable, so we're just going to let that one slide. But anyway, Junkie XL's score definitely has a presence, but it sometimes feels like it's just extra music left over from the Justice League film, or what he did with Hans Zimmer in Batman vs Superman. Sometimes it sounds a little too oomphy. Like, it's hard to describe, but sometimes there's a little bit more subtlety required. Now, you, you it sounds a little stupid when I say subtlety in a monster film, but sometimes it seems like the music is just blaring, like, bomb, 
bah, 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 and I'm like, chill out, man. That's not what this is all about. And I felt like this film lacked a very distinctive theme for not only Kong, but Godzilla as well. None of the music to me felt like it had a unique identity. It just felt like larger than life, crazy music that's serviceable, I guess, for the film, but there was nothing unique or flavorful about it. And the fact that they got rid of the theme music that they had in King of the Monsters as well is just a darn shame. So I'm, I was just not impressed with the film score when it was over. So to conclude, Godzilla vs Kong, I know it probably sounds like I hated the film, but I just found it more so alright than anything else. The action was really cool, there was definitely some interesting ideas with the story and some of the places that they took the uh, plot in terms of expanding this monster world and how it functions was pretty cool. But overall, the plot just didn't do it for me. It's dumb, weird, it leaves you with a lot of questions and the way in which the whole film wraps up, I just felt, okay, I guess that's the one way you can do it, but there were a number of other possibilities and you chose not to use them. I still feel like the Western filmmakers just don't know how to make a captivating film with kaijus that has substance in it. And I know a lot of people would be like, why are you looking for substance in a kaiju film? It's a monster film with people beating each other up. And I'm like, I get that. But it doesn't have to be just that. But yeah, I mean, I know that I'm in the minority with this because the film's already making money and I think that's partly due to the fact that we're in a pandemic at the moment and there's only a handful of noteworthy entries in the box office, you know, popular film space that people are being able to watch. But yeah, I mean, if you love the film, more power to you. I would probably say this is my third favorite film in the MonsterVerse. I would probably say Godzilla 2014 is still my favorite, followed by King of the Monsters, then this, and then uh, Skull Island at the bottom. But yeah, that's just me. But what about you guys? What did you think of Godzilla vs Kong? Did it meet your expectations? Is it everything you ever wanted and more? Or were you on the other side of the spectrum like me? Let me know in the comment section below or holler at me on Twitter where I'm at Hypersonic55 or at FilmFocus55. Check us out on Facebook and iTunes and Spotify. Give me some good ratings. I'd really appreciate it. But yeah, I'm going to return to do whatever I'm going to do, and I will see you guys in the next episode. So until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace.